Hello, sports and spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. The Carousel of Progress from Disney? I don't like Disney. I don't like Disney. Yeah, but that's a classic. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Talk to Melissa about that. She'll know. All right. (laughs) We'll test her knowledge later. I'm telling you right now, I don't like Disney. Well, it has to be. It's it's from the ride, though. Or not, yeah, it's from the ride from the park. I'm all Disneyed out. I had a bad experience uh, four years ago, and I have not been back since. I went down to Disney World <laughs> with the mouse and people we babysat for in the past, and and they they stayed for two nights. We got there in the evening time. Okay. Checked into the hotel, which was not a great hotel. And then we went to like, uh, I forget, the Magic Kingdom. And it was nighttime. Basically, when we got there, it was nighttime. So we had to go back and go to sleep. We were exhausted. We flew all day. Then we came back the next day. Forget what we did. They got mad at us because Melissa was supposed to be helping babysit, right? Yeah. But they said, oh, no, you guys go off and do your own thing and enjoy your day. We made a dinner reservation. Remember, at the time I was working at ESPN, so I had a discount. That's all I got. This was through me. The the classic ESPN discount. Went through. Which they've since pulled for their their other people. My sister no longer gets it. Right. And then they got mad at us because we were like, well, are you coming to dinner? And they were like, oh, well, well, the boys aren't hungry right now. And then they got mad at us because we weren't more present. I'm like, you told me to spend, I'm all Disney'd out, Anthony. <laughs> that's, okay, that's fair. But have you had, like, the Mickey pretzel? That's, that's a good pretzel. I don't care. It's sports and spaghetti. This is sports and spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's okay. <laughs> we're, we're running. We're they rolling. Know. They know. We're rolling. Um, a lot of people know, yeah. Anthony. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man. Today, uh, we will not be talking about Disney pretzels or Great Big Beautiful Tomorrows. Um, we didn't feel like cooking today. Um, that's a lie. The lists do a lot better, and you guys like the lists better. And so, to be honest with you, I just think, yeah, it, it, we intentionally didn't cook anything because we have we had a... We had a pretty good idea of what we wanted to do. Yeah, lists lists have done really well. The rankings have done fairly good, but don't think the don't think our uh, our bread and butter is going anywhere. Which oh, that'd be a good episode. The bread and the butter bread and episode. butter episode um, coming soon. Um, but no, we're 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 gonna stick to our bread and butter. We will still do recipes, but not today. So um, today. We have a we have a good little we have a good little grip on what we want to do. It's August first. We're in the dog days of summer, if you would. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider this cookout season anymore. We're we're towards the end of it. No. What's the matter with you? Okay. I I don't know. I don't know. Towards the end of what? It's August first. It is middle summer. Midsummer. It's not late summer. Anthony. 
Don't do this to me before we get into the topic. <laughs> August 21st is late summer. It is not late summer until the fat lady sings. Sabrina's birthday is in late summer. That's September 15th. Don't talk to me about late summer right now. It's midsummer. Thank you. Okay. So midsummer, I suppose. Um, we have a pretty good topic and we want to talk about our, our best barbecue foods or traditionally the foods you would eat at a barbecue or a cookout. Yep. But we're not going to do a list the same as, you know, previously. We're going to do, this is going to be a snake draft because we're getting into fantasy football season. I, I feel like we should do the first draft here. So uh, to get the first pick, we'll have uh, we'll have one of our phones. Call it in the air, Chris. Heads or tails? Tails. Flip a coin. Oh, she didn't feel like talking to me, but it's tails, as okay. Chris can confirm. So Chris will have the first overall pick in our barbecue food draft. Take it away. Okay, so it's either it's either I go with what everybody's favorite number one is or what the real best number one is. Um, uh, and I, I'm going to stick to my guns here. Um, and if you know me at camp, and shout out to camp because so many of you have listened and will be listening to this. Um... You know that every Wednesday, so when you're hearing this, I will have had one or will be having one later in the day. It's grill day every Wednesday at camp. And the number one cookout food of all time is the hamburger or cheeseburger. They go, they can coincide and go hand in hand with each other. Uh, there's a no doubter. You, you, oh, wait a minute. Don't get going yet. Let me finish. Hamburgers are number one, and I'll tell you why. You can editorialize with what you're going to say all you want, but a hamburger, tried and true, American classic, and and you throw some cheese. My dad does something really cool. What My dad's hamburgers are the best in the world. I don't care what anybody says. He puts Munster cheese on the hamburger. It's very different. It's like this yellow... But it's not like yellow American or cheddar. It's this real nice taste. Uh, and I'll tell you what, a hamburger is just the best. Number one, and that's my. I drafted it. I drafted hamburger number one overall. So mark it that down. You, my friend, have just taken Ryan Leaf. And no, here's, no. And here's and here's no. Peyton, I didn't take and, Ryan Leaf. And here's Peyton Manning. No, I took the number. Wade no, you didn't. Calm you did down. not. You did not. The number one, the top tier. It's the barbecue food. It's the hot dog. That's it not is, number it is, one. It is clearly the hot, hot dog. Hot dogs are nowhere near as good as a hamburger. And they're way on, more unhealthy. Don't even get me started. You don't put chili on a hamburger, Anthony. You can. No, but you don't. No, hot dogs are a vector for the unhealthiest parts of this country. It's why we have a weight problem in this country. Because you put chili on it. You put cheese on it. The hot dog itself is like a ground up intestine um, and other unmentionables. We're a clean show now. Hot dogs are an abomination compared to hamburgers. They're still good, but they're not even close. Remind me about the Nathan's 4th of July hamburger eating contest. I don't care. Remind me. 
The hot no, no, no. The hot dog is superior. <laughs> it is nothing. Nothing tunes in the summer like slurping down a ween. <laughs> there is nothing better. There is nothing better than that no. first than that first hot dog off it's the grill. Bad. No, it's and ba- you can't. It's, it's bad for you. you. Okay. It's very bad for you. Okay, but you can't. You you can't do the Hebrew Nationals. I like the Hebrew Nationals, but you got to do a natural casing one. You need something with a snap. You need a good hot dog. Hot dog. You ready for this? Hot dog. Some some mustard. I'm either brown mustard or regular mustard. All right. And some relish. Okay. That's all I need. That's Let's all, go. That's all now, I need. a hot dog with mustard and relish is very very close to the top for me. For okay. me. Now I would have picked it next if you didn't for some reason pick it. Well, I get the next pick. So I know you do, but I'm saying that is the right combination. There is somebody that I live with, and her name is not Sabrina. <laughs> And it's not Nemo, Pewter, or Benny that likes just ketchup on a hot dog. Oh, no. that No, 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 no. And that doesn't belong in the draft. It doesn't. Okay. Okay, so my, my next pick, uh, round two, pick one. I have a feeling I'm going to snipe this one from you, Chris. Go ahead. My second pick to follow the hot dog, I'm going with the humble the the tangy the delicious i'm going with the barbecue grilled chicken no you didn't steal that really i'm going oh nothing hits better than especially if you you baste it while it's on the barbecue and you start getting the burnt you start getting the little burnt crispy ends and the the barbecue sauce starts to caramelize and you dip in a little more barbecue sauce it's perfect it is oh it is put it on my plate that's number two okay so so just to recap i had the first pick i picked hamburger Anthony had the next two picks. He had the second pick around one and the first around two. He picked hot dogs and barbecue grilled chicken. Correct. Very good. Two mains. Okay, interesting. So, I could go a lot of ways with this, and I don't want to leave anybody out that I, that I, I, and this is my, right, this is my list. I kind of put together like what I want my cookout to taste like, if you will. And so, oh man, this is tough. And I don't, and my, my, my parents are going to be like, really, when I say this? But I think if we're talking about a barbecue, then my second pick is the brisket. It's got to be the smoked meat, the brisket. You got to slow cook that thing. Maybe I took one of yours, but it's got to be the brisket. Round two, pick two is the brisket all day. You get the smoke ring. You have the, the low and slow. Are you are you more of a Memphis or a Carolina or a uh, Texas? So my barbecue Nashville? sauce, I like making Carolina sauce better. Uh, but that goes on a pulled pork. But I think if you're doing a if you're doing a a brisket, you got to do some sort of Texas barbecue. I sauce. agree wholeheartedly with you, and I think Carolina's my favorite barbecue type of barbecue. But I agree with you that it's got to be a tech. I think of I think of Texas when I think of a brisket, and I and I don't I, I think maybe not a summer cookout, but barbecue, which is our theme here overall. I think brisket's got to be in the first two rounds, and there you go. So now I have the first pick of round three. Yep. Here's where I'm going to go rogue a little bit. 
So I got I got one pick in there that I didn't think uh, the brisket. I thought you were gonna steal in the first two rounds. So I I'm really happy with that. Uh, I'm gonna go off the beaten path here. Don't you do this to me. I'm going Don't off the beaten path here, and it's not a main course. Oh boy, it's not a main course, and I have to have it on my list. Because it's so good, and it's a fruit salad. Thank God. The fruit salad is the first pick of round three. Did I draft the kicker in the third round? Not the kicker. I might have done it. But my, for this is my personal thing. I think that there are few better beginnings to a cookout than a fruit salad. What would I put in the fruit salad? Here's what it would be. It would be watermelon. It, it ha- would have to be. It would be pineapple. It would. Shh. Every time I do this thing, Siri talks. I would be pineapple, watermelon. I'd have blueberries. I'd have the blackberries. I'd have strawberries in there. Um, maybe a kiwi here and there. Um, uh, and grapes. I love grapes in a fruit salad. My mom makes such good homemade fruit salad. She buys everything and then she puts it together. Like when I think of a cookout, I'm like, oh, I hope mom makes fruit salad. Because that's like, there's nothing better maybe before or even after dinner. I would so think that's, that's an after dinner for probably me. Probably after. after but anyway, it's uh, round three, pick one. I have picked uh, hamburgers, brisket, fruit salad. That sounds like a great cookout so far to me. Okay, so uh, to, follow barbecue, up, to follow up, I have gone with uh, hot dogs. And then I have doubled that with the grilled chicken. It is now my third pick. And I thought Chris was going to steal this from me. And I'm very glad he didn't. Uh, my third pick, which is what round three, pick two. Um, it is the goat of side dishes. It is potato salad specifically. Now we get it at Costco. I'm going to make it homemade eventually specifically loaded. It's a loaded baked potato potato salad it's potato salad it has some shredded cheese in there it has a nice amount of mayo it has some bacon bits potato salad impeccable that is my pick i'm gonna lose i'm gonna lose viewership because i hate loaded baked potatoes that sounds awful to me that sounds so gross but i had me a potato salad i'm like all right fine i could deal with it it wouldn't be the first thing i go for or probably not even the third, but ugh, loaded really, Ant? All right. So first pick around four now. Okay, so my first pick this around four. This is your four, second to last pick. This is my second to last pick, and I think this is going to be my Russell Wilson. I think this is my draft steal. With my second to last pick, with my fourth pick, your boy, I am going with corn on the cob. Oh no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Corn. I am going with specifically corn on the cob. Oh no! I'll take the farm fresh corn. Oh. We'll take it home. You could either boil it or That's my dad. My dad loved to throw it just on the grill. Let it heat up. The tassels would burn off, but it would give such a good flavor. And then <laughs> this is a key. Now I did this ever since I was a kid because I had braces. I will cut it off the cob and I'll eat it like that. I did that for a while. I only did it because I had braces and I kind of just stuck with it. Right, I stuck with it for a little bit. But, but you give me, you give me the butter, you give me the salt. You could, you could make it. You could oh, dress it up. You could do awful. some street corn if you'd like. Corn on the cob is my Russell Wilson. Anthony, you stole my pick. <laughs> it, there was a pick stolen. 
That was my next pick. Oh, man. It couldn't have gone before the fruit salad, though, for me. It couldn't have gone. There. It's a feature at every cookout my mom does. Uh, there's always corn. I always have it after I have my burger um, uh, or my hot dog, whatever. Um, oh, man, that puts a dent in this. So I have my last two here. Um, okay. Uh, so the last pick of round four was going to be corn on the cob. It was stolen. So I'm going with the pasta salad. The pasta salad is a, is a staple Specifically, Stu Leonard's pasta salad, I think. I think it's Stu Leonard. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the pasta salad is, is I mean, kind of the same way potato salad is one, a good one for you. Uh, I don't like too much stuff in it. I just like the one from Stu's, and that's fine. I don't need to make it myself. I don't want to screw up the taste. I just want to go to Stu's and get it. Pasta salad... Um, there's nothing like a big heaping forkful of it after the bite of, of whatever main course you have. Uh, so the last pick of round four is pasta salad. And I'm going to get four out of the five things that I wanted. And I'm really happy about that. However, I'm conflicted between my last two because one is a condiment. Is it relish? Yeah. But I think... I think it has to be overtaken by, by what the actual number five is, and it's grilled red potatoes. I've never had a grilled red potato. It's grilled potatoes. Like 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 grilled baby yeah, red potatoes. I could Im- yeah, I can imagine. I'm, I'm visualizing Like yes. in a foil pack? Oh my God, my dad does them amazing. I mean, it's a pretty common side, honestly, like grilled potatoes. Okay. Um... You've got the he puts the, the nice the salt and pepper little sometimes little rosemary on them, um, olive oil little garlic, and just and and grills them with whatever he's grilling. Um, relish is such a good condiment. Relish is the goat of all condiments. I think. I think it is. I used to hate it when I was younger, but I think it's the winner. You could put relish on like anything. Oh yeah, I put. I'll put like I'll go to Frankie's. I'll get the hot relish. I'll do that on the yeah, hot dog. Yeah, my, yeah. My uh, my aunt will make hot relish. It's that's good. awesome. But I gotta go with the grilled red potatoes uh, as my my sleeper pick number five. Um, so my draft finishes at hamburgers. At number one, brisket number two, fruit salad number three, pasta salad number four, and grilled red potatoes number five. You serve all those things at a cookout, I'll be so happy. Okay, so my final pick, I'm, I'm torn in between three. Okay, one of them I wanted to do, but now that we've talked about it, I'm going to reveal what they all are. The one that I was going to do, we've talked about it. It doesn't seem like a cookout. This is more like a, you've been at the pool with your friends all day. I was going to say ham and cheese sandwich on white bread with Lay's chips crunched in it. But that's not for barbecues. That's an elite summer meal. You had me with the chips. That's an elite summer meal. Okay, so there's that. I put chips in my burger every Wednesday at camp. I I like that. I like that. I almost said potato chips is one of mine. So that's I'm stuck. I'm stuck between. I was thinking potato chips, but uh, you could eat those at any time. That's not strictly right. barbecue. It's neither here nor there. So I think I'm torn between two now. I'm torn between a dessert and I'm torn between uh, another meal. So I think specifically 
because I'm the one that makes them. It doesn't have the mu- it doesn't have that much allure to me anymore because I put the work in and it's it's a pain in the backside and that's the pulled pork. So I'm gonna oh, say. Oh wow, a late main. I'm gonna say the pulled pork. It's not on my list. It's, you called it's, an audible. That's an audible. So my pulled pork, like I said, I'm out. Uh, that's that's out. My number five, my final draft pick, Mister. Oh, oh, you're saying no? It's not. This is not uh-huh. Mister Mister Irrelevant. It is a dessert. And it's cool, and it's refreshing, it's and sometimes, and sometimes, if you flip it upside down, it tastes a lot better. I'm going with the lemon Italian ice. Do the flip. Do the flip. You get all the syrup on the bottom. The lemon Italian ice, number five. So that brings my list to hot dog, grilled chicken, uh, loaded baked potato salad, um, corn on the cob, and the lemon Italian ice. Eaten upside down. Do the flip. Do the flip. Hey, like, comment, please. Comment. I've got a lot of comments this week. I'm looking at you, Camp. Uh, comment which draft you like better. Uh, mine or Anthony's. Um, I wonder what people will say. I, I think they're very strong, both of them. I'm just, I'm shocked that we both took sandwiches with our first overall pick. What are you talking about? <laughs> What? We both took a sandwich with our first pick. Well, I took a hamburger, which is a sandwich. And I took a hot dog, which, which is, is not a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's time for our debate of the day. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Anthony says yes. Why? Tell, because, me, tell me why. Because the hot, dog, the hot dog is sandwiched between the bread. It's okay. And I know exactly, I know exactly where this problem is going to go. Let me guess. It's not a sandwich because it's on one piece of bread. Yes! It's no, okay. Okay, so if you, go, if you go get a seeded grinder roll and it gets cut in half and they build the sandwich on top of that, is that also not a sandwich? Anthony Panthony, okay. if you cut the hot dog bun in half yep. and then put the dog in it, I'll call it a sandwich. It's a, it's a sandwich, Chris. It can't be a sandwich. It's... And it's like a banana split. It's in a vessel. The bun is the vessel and things get put on top of it. You don't eat it like a sandwich. Is a grinder a sandwich? No. Yes, it is. No, a meatball grinder is not a sandwich, oh Anthony. Oh, my God. It's not, no, it's not sandwiched between two pieces of bread. It's one piece. It doesn't have to be sandwiched between two pieces of bread. It a meatball be- grinder on a, on a hard roll or like whatever that's two pieces Call it a sandwich. No, I have a problem with no, one piece no. of bread being called a sandwich. If you take one piece of that bread in my kitchen right now and put peanut butter and you put jelly in the middle of it and fold it in half, not a sandwich. What if I fold it in half and break the end? Is that a sandwich? Yes. No, it's that, that makes no sense. It no, has to be no. two pieces of bread. I'm getting hung up here on why people call a hot dog a sandwich when it's in one piece of bread. That's an issue for me. Because it's a, a it's sandwiched. The meat is sandwiched by bread, Chris. No, I think it's nestled on top of bread. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's in a nest. It's cut and it's put into it. What is cut? The bread is cut. The roll is cut. Not all the way. It doesn't have to be all the way. It's not cut all the way. It does not have to be cut all the way for this to be a sandwich. Anthony, I got a problem with that because... Again, you're putting things on top of it. You don't, When you have a burger, right, which I don't even like that as a sandwich too much, but it is, by definition, a sandwich. 
But but you're putting things like sitting atop the piece of meat, okay? There's a problem with having that be a sandwich, and it it almost looks like it looks like um a, a, a banana split. Like I said, it's just loaded on top. It's like a baked potato. Is a baked potato a sandwich? No, there's no bread. It's the same concept, though. You put the crap inside the baked potato, but the, and no, you no. call it oh, fully loaded baked potato. Well, I'm not calling it a baked potato sandwich, Chris. <laughs> oh my god! So why are you calling a hot dog a sandwich? Because it's sandwiched between bread. But it's the same concept. It's nestled. No, it's not. It's no, not. it is not. You're telling me it's oh boy. If it was sandwiched between yes. bread, it would be. It would be like that. It's in the middle of two. Pe- you place it in there. You don't squash it. Okay, so if you're getting into bed, right? If you're getting into bed. <laughs> no, 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 where are we going with this? <laughs> if you're on top of the comforter, you're on top of the bed. Yes. If you're under the comforter but above the fitted sheet, are you in bed or are you nestled, Chris? Are you still on top of it? No, you're in bed. It's the same thing. <laughs> what? What does that have to do with a dog? Because oh god, give me strength. <laughs> I'm on give top of the bed. I'm not in the bed. Correct. If you're under, so that means I'm not a sandwich. Yes. If, if you're I'm on top of the bed. Yes. And if you're underneath your comforter, if you're sandwiched between <laughs> your comforter and your sheet, you are in bed. Therefore, you are a sandwich. I would never do that. And that can be a sandwich because there's a layer of bun on top of you. There's a left. You said under the comforter. That would be like under the hamburger bun. That's like under the hamburg bun. You just ruined your argument. No, I did not. Because you need the lettuce. You need the uh, the, the the grilled onions. You need and some people pick tomato for their burger, which ruins it. And you need your ketchup, mustard, whatever you put on a burger. I, I'm not judging. And the cheese. That's like the sheet. You. Uh, um, no, 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 that's not it at all. Sheet? That's not it at all. No, the bottom bun is the sheet. The top bun is the comforter. No, it's not. The bottom bun is, no, the bottom bun is the box spring. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't do this. A hot dog is by definition a sandwich. It's false. That's a, that's wrong. <laughs> Please tell us what you think about uh, this. You have homework. You need to tell us what you think about hot dogs being a sandwich, clearly we can't sell this. Maybe we make a poll. We can do a poll. We'll make a poll. We'll make a poll. Respond to the poll. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no? Tell us why I'm crazy. Tell us why Anthony's crazy. Tell us. We won't get mad. We'll run We'll run one of these on our Spotify. We'll run it on our Instagram as well, which if you guys aren't following, let me shout that out real quick. I'll do it again at the end of the episode. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We'll run this poll. We're, we'll run it for about a week uh, when this episode drops till next week so we can discuss it or run, we'll run it till we film. Um, Instagram is at sports and spaghetti pod. So that's at sports and spaghetti pod. We'll run a poll. You guys let us know what we think and uh, we'll squash this beef all natural beef cased argument. No, 80-20. 80-20 ground beef hamburger sandwich. Sports is coming up next. And welcome, welcome back to sports. 
um, let's get off. Let's get off fast, quick, just like we ended off on the uh, food segment. Today we're gonna get into. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do a better. I'm gonna do a better intro for those of you who, who have not listened, because I know we've gained a lot of followers. Um, this is called in no particular order. This is where Mr. Walker goes ahead, and he uh, just gives. He just gives his weekly. Uh, his weekly talks in no particular order. So today you're gonna hear the good, you're gonna hear the bad, and you're gonna hear the eh. You're gonna hear in no particular order, and you're gonna hear it from Chris Walker. So the eh this week, this might shock Ant a little bit, but uh, the Mets are the eh for the week, and the reason why is because they they have had a, a very lost season here. Um, I think the way they were set up this season, uh, they should be way, way better than they are right now. Um, we'll hear more about them in a little bit, but. Uh, what I don't love, and I know he's not a Met anymore, and again, we'll get into this, is I don't love how Max Scherzer uh, spilled details about um, what his former general manager now and uh, in, in ownership is saying, the management is saying about the process uh, by which the Mets want to handle things. I'm not a big fan of this. I don't like... Like some, there's some information that's like that that you're told in confidence, and when you go spread it, then people don't want to tell you anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you play in the NFL or not even NFL. If you go to a high school and you play football and you have to transfer and you play the original team, you don't. I mean, to a certain extent, you're going to be like, oh, I know this, but you're not going to be like, oh, this is that play call. This is that. It's there's just some things you don't do in sports, and I think Scherzer going out and saying. Oh yeah, by the way, these guys weren't ready until this time or they're going to reload for 25 or 26. You just don't do that. I think it sends a bad message to this fan base who is flailing as usual, grasping for answers. And I don't like that. I don't like it one bit. So it's my eh. Um we'll get into why they're not the bad later. Um they they did some good things today. Um in my opinion. So the bad and this will be talked about again today. This is a tough in no particular order because this is the trade deadline recap episode. Uh, we decided to push it off a day so that we could just recap it. Why wait until the week after? Um, we could do it now. Uh, the New York Yankees, I'm just going to say it right now. And again, you'll hear them again a lot tonight, today, whatever. They made... All uh, for all intents and purposes, they made no moves. They there was no movement, there was no betterment, uh, uh, there was no. We're still in this. We still have a shot at a wild card. Let's throw our ducks at something, and you know, get a guy that's going to help us take the next step. No, no. There's guys that are healthy and. Uh, they're not able to run. Uh, there's guys that are are definitely not healthy uh, that their team is saying is healthy. You know, it's so shifty and it and it really. If there was ever a season where Yankees fans jump ship, it's this season. Not even that it's the worst season in franchise history. It's just so messy. So the issue too is I said this. I, I think I said this last week. Um, or I said it previously, but the issue, right, is 
the Yankee, the worst thing the Yankees could have done as as st- stood pat and not bought and not sold. And here we are. They did nothing. You'll hear what they did. Um, but it's the worst thing that they could have done. It's, it is, I mean, Michael K said it, it's a slap in the face to every Yankee fan, every single Yankee fan, because it's like, right. We're, we're in a, we're, let me break it down. We're in a toxic relationship right now. You know, the good times are great. The bad times, God, they're so bad. But this is like you sitting down with your partner and saying, Hey, what are we, what are we going to do? And just not getting a definitive answer. Like, listen, either we're going to get married or we're going to break up right now. One of, like, you can't just keep stringing me along. And that's what this ownership has done. And it is terrible. It is the worst thing that they could have done. It is. The good this week is my camp. My camp, thank you for all the listens. Uh, uh, you know, I got, I got people that I got to shout out that said, I want, I want you to say my name on the podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give full names if they're, if they're not, um, if they're not able for me to say their full name. Uh, my buddy, uh, Josh, um, uh, I've known him for four years, uh, loyal listener now, all excited about this. Um, uh, my friend Danny, um, who works there, uh, loves what we've done. My buddy Tom there loves what we've done. Um, I'll talk about one more later during uh, Grammy's Grinder time. Uh, but honestly, everybody from uh, our director, uh, our assistant director, uh, operations uh, team, um, specialists, counselors, and even some of, some of the campers um, have kind of banded together to help us out here this week. Um, we were kind of we're kind of on the brink of some cool stuff here with this podcast in terms of our views and our listens. Um, and, and this camp really kind of single-handedly is going to put us over the threshold uh, for said cool things. So I have to, I have to send a big shout out to my camp for all the help and Anthony and I appreciate it. And you're definitely the good of the week because uh, this camp does good things. It's a great, yeah, the, the, they're the great of the week. Um, and again, you know, Chris already Chris already brought it down. I've never met any of you guys. You guys have only ever met me through your phones. Um, but thank you. Um, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that you guys probably didn't think we would do because, listen, we didn't even think we'd have to do it. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really really cool stuff coming. There's a lot of really cool people you guys are gonna hear from fairly soon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good food that I want you guys to try and try to cook and stuff like that. So. Um, if this is your first official week, um, being a fan of the sports and spaghetti podcast, thank you. Um, and just, just stick with us cause it's going to be a really fun ride. And it's a good week cause we've got MLB, uh, trade recaps today. Yikes. <laughs> that's all. That's huh. all I have to say. Some teams <laughs> are having a great time. Some did not. Uh, it's time for Mr. Walker's report card. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be talking about the top five best teams, in our opinion, uh, during the deadline, at the deadline, which ended uh, just shortly after record, or before recording this. And then the worst five teams, according to Anthony and I. Um, I'm going to read the moves and the teams, 
And then Anthony's going to offer uh, his analysis, his more in-depth thing. So it's really uh, Mr. Walker and Mr. Barbieri's uh, report card, but I'm the teacher, so I get to claim this one. So should we start with the number one best team? Uh, no, we can start. I said no, start with number five. Number we'll five, go five we'll to one. one. Right. Yeah. So I told you we were going to talk about the Mets, um, and we're going to talk about the Mets. Uh, the Mets are the number five best team uh, at the deadline. Are they making the playoffs this year? No. Is this season absolutely lost and shouldn't have been? Yes. However, management has done some good things, right? They gave up their two old pitchers who were supposed to help this team make a push to the World Series, but are now able to help other teams that you're going to hear about later in this list make a World Series push. And at the same time, they're retooling their minor league system. So that's the biggest positive, right? So in any situation, you would say, oh, we lost two former Cy Young winners, two surefire Hall of Famers. Uh, how are we on the good list? Well, um, they brought in the younger brother of um, Ronald Acuna Jr., Luis Angel, um, uh, Luis Angel Acuna, um, from the Texas Rangers and the Max Scherzer deal, um, and he should be cracking the major league roster in the next two seasons or so. Um, obviously, you've seen what his, what his big brother can do. Does that mean anything? Absolutely not. But I mean, family ties are family ties. He could be great. The name, he has the name. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and it's not like he was a slouch with just a name. He was their top. He was a top ten prospect. Um, on the other side, now they traded David Robertson to the Marlins, who you're going to hear about uh, soon. They traded D Rob, who has been their best player this year in division. Um, miss that guy. I know. So do I. The high socks. I miss oh, he that was great. man. Um, they traded him in division to Miami, but it was one of those things where there's no hesitancy to see that a deal had to get done. And hey. Yes, they're in our division. Yes, this could bury us in the wild card. Yes, they could make the wild card over us, and it could be all up to this player. Um, but their front office knew the severity of what was going on, and they made moves. Um, and then lastly, they traded uh, Justin Verlander, who they had just brought in. They traded him back to Houston. Oh boy! Um, but in return, they did get up. They did get Houston's number one and number three prospects. They're both outfielders. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's an area where the Mets do need help. They have Lindor locked down. Um, they have Pete Alonso under team control until next year. They have a good young core. Um, I think they just need some outfield help. They also sent Marcana to the Brave, uh, to, excuse me, the Brewers. So there hasn't, I mean, there's been some deals that, you know, big names are involved, but they've made a lot of corresponding moves. Tommy Pham, they've made a lot of corresponding moves to shed salary, to bring in, any prospect, no matter what it is, but it's giving the fans a clear direction, um, which the Yankees front office didn't do. It's giving the fans a clear direction that, hey, this wasn't our season, but we're going to get better for the future. Stick with us. Right. We're, we're showing you that we're making moves and this didn't work. It's okay when it doesn't work. It's not okay today, maybe, mm -hmm. that it didn't work or yesterday, but... If you see the fruits of this labor in five years, three years, two years, then this is then this day is great. All right, number four, the fourth best team at the deadline, the Los Angeles Angels. 
Brought in Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. They did give up two of their top three prospects in that deal. They also brought in C.J. Crone and Randall, Randall Grichik, um, two guys who have been around the block. Um, and they're keeping Otani, and Mike Trout's coming back. Well, not only is Mike Trout coming back, but a, a name that we heard when we were in the Legend Suites, Logan O'Hoppy. Um, he is their catcher. He is one of the best young catchers in the league right now. Um, they uh, they should be expecting him back fairly soon. But the reason why the Angels made this list, yes, they gave up a lot for Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. Two rentals, essentially. They gave up a lot for them. They kind of screwed the whole market because they were one of the first deals. But... But, 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 they did not give up on Otani. They are showing the best player in baseball, hey, listen, man, we're going to go for it. We want you to re-sign. So if re-signing Shohei Otani, the best player in baseball, if re-signing him next year costs them a lot of money and going out to spend prospects, it's a deal that had to be done, and they went out and did it. So... Yes, they acquired some quality players. They acquired some good bats. They acquired some good arms. The biggest positive is they showed Shohei Otani, hey, we're in this. Let's go do it. Let's go make the playoffs. Let's go win a World Series. Number three we talked about already, Anthony, is the Houston Astros. They picked up Justin Verlander. They got him back. Obviously, their intentions are clear. We want our our pitcher back. Uh like you said, former Cy Young, uh, they did give up their number one and three prospects in doing so, but they know what they need to do. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, too, where they also, I mean, they brought in Kendall Graveman, some bullpen help. He was with them before, I believe. Um, but the biggest issue is they brought in Verlander, and he's going to fill that role of their very depleted pitching staff. I mean, Luis Garcia is done for the season. Lance McCullers is done for the season. But... Yes, I said they lost their one and three prospect, but their first four prospects were all outfielders. I mean, they got Kyle Tucker, Chaz McCormick's having a great season, Jordan Alvarez can play some outfield, Michael Brantley's going to come back. They don't need these outfielders. They're not going to play them, so you might as well, if you have a surplus in something, go get a need. And that's what the Astros did. And this, I mean, they're in the midst of a wild card and a division fight with, with Texas. Um... And honestly, honestly, I think this puts them back over the top. They know what Verlander has, whatever their Houston spin factory has. I, I guess they're going to ramp it up again. But don't be surprised if if the Astros make a run to to repeat. Oh, they'll make they'll make a run. It always seems to happen somehow. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Number two, the Miami Marlins. If you're surprised to hear them on this list, well, listen to this. They acquired Josh Bell. Ryan Weathers, Jake Berger, Jorge Lopez, David Robertson. You heard the name already today. There he went. And they only gave up Khalil Watson and Garrett Cooper. Now, when we say they only gave up Khalil Watson and Garrett Cooper, they did um, obviously give up more people than that. But those are the only names of only significance names. of right now. Um, they actually got Josh Bell. Um, for Khalil Watson and Gene Segura, who in turn was immediately cut by the, the Cleveland Guardians, which is really funny to me. Um, so they essentially got a very good first base bat in Josh Bell. They got a relief pitcher in Ryan Weathers. Jake Berger can play first. He could play third. He can DH. They got him from the White Sox. Jorge Lopez, um, he had his resurgence with Baltimore 
last season. I don't know if you guys remember that. He resurged with Baltimore, was traded to the Twins. Um, and then David Robertson, I mean, in, in one fell swoop, they got significant. They got three bullpen arms. So realistically, let's say you put them all in high leverage situations. There's your seventh, eighth, and ninth inning right there. And you could see, I mean, especially with Baltimore, you could see what they can do with guys like Yiner Cano and Felix Bautista. If you can go three innings knowing you're not going to give up any hits, man, that that literally shrinks the game by a third. Yeah. If you can get a lead by the sixth inning and you can get pretty much guarantee a win, that's how you make the playoffs. Absolutely. And the, the, the Marlins did it. They didn't spend a lot. And, I mean, the, they're, they're in prime position for an NL wild card. And I didn't think I would say that. No, but, uh, you know, we go back to late March when we were making the predictions and we didn't have them in a playoff spot. We'll hear that next week. Well, I think we should do that next week. Yeah, that's next week. Uh, Oh, absolutely. So now it's time for the number one, the best team. I think a lot of people are going to agree with us. I think a lot of websites are going to agree. It's the Texas Rangers. I mean, if you look at the guys who they got, it's kind of a no-brainer. Max Scherzer, uh, in exchange for Acuna, um... Austin Hedges, Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton, and then earlier on, Aroldis Chapman. Uh, no, he's not Aroldis Chapman from eight years ago, but still, it's Aroldis Chapman. I mean, the Rangers, again, they're in that heat. They're in the, the battle with Houston, um, but they went out, and I mean... They were they were hitting the hell out of the ball. I don't know if that considered it if that's gonna okay. They were hitting the hell out of the ball. They needed some pitching. They went out and oh boy did they get pitching. They got two legit starters in Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery. Um, they got a defensive catcher who's gonna back up Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim has been crushing the ball. Um, and then they also brought in bullpen arms Chris Stratton and Aroldis Chapman. Now yes, Chapman for some reason is is just. Minute Maid Park is his house of horrors, so let's hope that there's no clutch games that have to be played there where you need Chapman. But nonetheless, I mean, they again, you're gonna you heard this a lot with a lot of these teams. They had a need, they addressed the need, and they went out and they filled the void. Okay, that's that should be. I mean, <laughs> take if you take one thing away from this trade deadline is all of the best teams they filled their voids, they filled the need. Now there's other teams. On this list, uh, not on this list, excuse me, that did well. Baltimore, they went and got Jack Flaherty. They needed another starter. They also got Shintaro Fujinami. That was back with the Athletics. Um, that was a couple weeks ago. They did a really good job. I mean, Boston kind of retooled. They got, um, you know, they traded. Urias. They Yeah, they got Urias from Milwaukee. They traded a bunch of their older guys. They traded Kike. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of other teams that, that are right there that are making a push that are in a wild card spot. You have the blue Jays, the blue Jays went and got, I mean, they assessed the need that uh, Bo Bichette went down within 24 hours. They went and they got a shortstop replacement and Paul DeYoung. So it's like they really, I mean, there's a lot of teams that went and they filled the void. So those are our top five. Now let's get into the bottom five. All right. Uh, if you're listening and you and you know us, you kind of know where this is headed. Um, number five, the fifth worst trade deadline is the Los Angeles Dodgers. They got a lot of middling players like Ahmed Rosario, Kike Hernandez, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly. These are guys that you've heard from for a, at least the last, what, at least five, six yeah. years. 
uh, being guys that you hear about all the time in Major League Baseball, none of them are the best of the best. And and it's the Dodgers, right? I mean, they've got to do more. So that's, that's exactly why they're on the list, right? Um, you're the Dodgers. Granted, they did have a deal for Eduardo Rodriguez of the Tigers. Um, he vetoed it. He had a no trade clause. He did not want to go to the Dodgers. He didn't say why he didn't want to go to the That's Dodgers. Interesting. But maybe he has a reason. Maybe it was because he got lit up in that World Series. Nonetheless, um, you're the Dodgers. You went out. They got Ahmed Rosario and Kike Hernandez, who were, I mean, their WRC plus were like towards the bottom of the league. Um, they got Lance Lynn, who's on the decline. They got Joe Kelly, who was there before. You know, there's not any real big splash moves that the Dodgers usually make. There wasn't a Mookie Betts. There wasn't a, I mean, they didn't trade for Corey Seager, but like, you know, they, they drafted him. But there wasn't that splash move that we expect the Dodgers and these big market teams to make. So, Dodgers, you are the fifth worst uh, in, in our opinion. Number four um, is the St. Louis Cardinals. So they traded away uh, Montgomery and DeYoung. Uh, and, and the problem that we have is that, right, there was a lot of meat left on the bone to be traded there. So this is tough because the, the Cardinals, I feel, the Cardinals next year could be right back at it. They could, I mean, they have a great core of, uh, I mean, they also traded Jack Flaherty. We didn't write that on the list, but they also traded Jack Flaherty. Um, that was a late. Deal. It was a late. But... Nonetheless, I mean, they still have Goldschmidt, they still have Arenado, they still have Wilson Contreras, but the issue, right, is they have this logjam in the outfield They where they could have traded one or even two of those guys, and they just didn't, you know what I mean? Like, Car- like yes, I understand a lot of players were still under team control or are still under team control, but as we saw with the Angels setting the tone, this is a seller's market, so they could have gotten a King's Ransom for Nolan Arenado. They could have gotten a king, not a, not a king's ransom, but they could have gotten a prince's ransom <laughs> for a guy like Dylan Carlson, for a guy like Brendan Donovan with a lot of control left. But the again, the problem Shout out is Brendan Donovan Hyannis Harbor Hawks 2017. <laughs> but the problem is they didn't, you know, they they got rid of the pieces they thought they needed to get rid of. I think they left a lot of meat on the bone, especially if they wanted to retool and especially in positions of need, because let's face it, Arenado's not the youngest guy. Paul Goldschmidt, not the youngest guy. Even, I mean, Wilson Contreras behind the dish, not the youngest guy. So there was a lot of room for improvement and they didn't, this is kind of a wasted season, I think. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. So they're number four. Number three. So now we're getting into the teams who did pretty poorly here. Um, we've had the Dodgers and the Cardinals. Now number three is the Cleveland Guardians. Um, they trade away Aaron Savale and got Kyle Manzardo. And they traded away Josh Bell and they didn't move assets. So the problem is they they didn't move their assets, like I said. Um, this, was, this was the year for them to do it. Now... See, I, we say that, but yes, it's Cleveland. Cleveland, they're let's be real. Anybody in that AL Central, they're they're two weeks of a winning streak away from making the playoffs. So if Cleveland thinks they can make a push, this is the year to do it. But again, you have to think if you're in a weak division, you could probably still win it with a few decent guys. But I mean, this could have been a scenario where, 
let's just say the Yankees, they're looking for a left fielder. You could have they they could have gotten pretty much anything they wanted for Stephen Kwan to send Stephen Kwan to the Yankees. He's prototypical Yankee. Um, well, maybe not anymore, but you know, lefty back out on base. They could have gotten a lot for him. Granted, I I know Bieber got hurt. They couldn't trade him. That's tough. But I mean. There's a lot of guys. They traded Ahmed Rosario. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys where they're just above average enough where they could have gotten them a really, really big return. And Cleveland still could have made the playoffs or still can make the playoffs. You know what I mean? So I feel like they just missed a really big opportunity to cash in on the above average players. And still make a playoffs playoff run. You know what I mean? I do. And now number two, the two worst teams, the Cincinnati Reds are number two, only got Sam Mole, uh, a reliever. Uh, and in our opinion, they, there should have been way more of a push. I mean, we've been so high on this team uh, week in and week out on this pod. I know they're your, they're your second team. For right now. For right now. And, and they've been doing some great things this season, but... They're, they're not much got done in the in the form of a push. No. So the issue is they've, I mean, they've been hitting the ball really well. The issue has been pitching. They have Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo. Those are their top guys. But they didn't cash in any of these prospects to go get a, a really, really good quality starter. Uh, they could have went and gotten a Verlander, but I, I don't think Verlander waves a no-trade clause to go there. Uh, they could have gotten a Scherzer. I don't think Scherzer waves it. But there's other guys like an Eduardo Rodriguez you can go get. There's guys like Dylan Cease who we saw didn't get moved from the Chicago White Sox. That he's under team control. You can give up a lot of prospects that you have and you're still performing well. It's just like it feels like they're right there and they didn't make that push. I feel like Milwaukee in the end, I don't want to say this, I feel like Milwaukee's going to end up steamrolling that division just because the the Reds, you know, they ran out of they ran out of gas. They don't have that that veteran pitcher. Even like a Lance Lynn wouldn't have to give up much. Lance Lynn can come in and be a veteran guy. So it's it's one of those things where I feel like Cincinnati, you were right there and you just didn't do anything to move the needle. You know what I've noticed? I've noticed that you that your chin is looking a lot better. Your beard—it's full right? on my chin, it's right? It's definitely full. Oh, while while we record this, I don't want to cut you off. Um, top of the second, one nothing Tampa. All right, well, well, uh, here we go. We've been waiting. We've been waiting to break to bust out here. Um, the the lid is on very tight, uh, and and it's about to fly off. Um, it's been a pressure cooker in this room, Anthony. I'm gonna say two names. Okay. I'm going to say two names, and I want somebody listening real fast in your head to tell me who these people are. Kenyon Middleton and Spencer Howard. I'll give you three seconds. Here you go. One, two, three. Okay, you probably didn't know. Well, you're going to know now because that's the only players the Yankee got. That's the I'm newest sorry. New York I'm Yankees. Sorry. I'm sorry. I had the to do it. The newest New York Yankees. Say no more. Thanks, Brian Cashman. You lose... The trade deadline. You lose this season. You lose the deadline. Uh, it's just, you sent me a text today while I was at work. We are, a, what was it? We are a joke I of a franchise. I said we are a joke of a franchise. 
And I, I mean, what are we not? Are we not? Is it not a joke? No, this is, it's the, it's, it's an unbelievable joke of a franchise. And there's more, obviously all of this is alleged. We don't have any insider information as of right now. It'd be really cool if we did. But, um, there's a quote and rival executive said the Yankees have been quote, very frustrating at the deadline. They, they were, I'm trying to phrase this. The other teams had a sense that the Yankees were in, in between land quote, wanting to be waiting to be bowled over, over for their rentals. So that's just mean that, that just means they had no direction. They didn't know if they wanted to buy. They didn't know if they wanted to sell, but if they wanted to sell, they wanted a King's ransom for DJ LeMahieu. They wanted a King's ransom for Harrison Bader. I, I, we did hear his name brought up once. Bader. Uh, not once was LeMahieu brought up. Uh, not once was anybody brought now up. The, Let's the, be honest. Well, the name that was brought up that I heard a lot of, and it was the Marlins. I mean, you've heard, Glaber, you've heard Glaber Torres linked to the Marlins for the last two years. But if you look at who they wanted, let me get the exact name. I know oh boy. I know they wanted the Yankees. The, the Marlins inquired about Glaber Torres. Um, which which would be a great fit, I think. For it would that be team. great. It would be unbelievable. So, they quote pushed very hard for Glaber Torres. The Yankees wanted. They wanted Edward Cabrera and Braxton Garrett, who are two current twenty-five-year-old major league level starting pitchers, alongside two prospects. Listen, man. Yes, we love Glaber. Yes, it's great, but. Oh my goodness. What are we doing? No, like, that's the thing is like, what are you... Why? How is any team going to make that deal? No. How is any team going to make a deal like that? He's a middling Major League Baseball player. I'm sorry. Glaber Torres is a middling baseball player. And then one thing. Now, I always go off on the Yankees. This is one thing I've noticed really recently. um, And I have to change too. Is... If you want to be a successful team, we can't have favorites anymore. We can't care about it. No. Anthony, I saw a stat. Anthony Vol and not Anthony Volpe. I'm sorry. Anthony Rizzo in his last fifth oh. in his last fifty games is worse than Joey Gallo ever was as a Yankee. Let me repeat that. Say it again. Say it again for the people in the back. In his last fifty games, Anthony Rizzo's stats are worse than. The worst 50 games of Joey Gallo's Yankee tenure. Now, I don't know if you remember, but I remember because I have a very soft spot in my heart for Joey Gallo. I know you do. But they booed that man out of the city. They traded him for peanuts, who is actually turning out to be something really good. But nonetheless, traded him for peanuts at the time. Okay, they traded him to the Dodgers. Nobody's booing Anthony Rizzo. Because he's Italian and he's fun and you just love him. He's a Yankee. Right, he's the Italian. I hate how that gets him clout on the Yankees. Like, listen, we talked about booing your own players, but at this case, I mean, listen, man. Rizzo should be getting booed like Aaron Hicks was at this point. He is, he is the I think, qualified as the worst hitter in Major League Baseball since May, June. I mean... Rizzo is, he's awful. He is awful. Josh Donaldson, we've talked about Donaldson, is awful. DJ LeMayhew has been better, but still awful. Giancarlo Stanton, 
awful. Like it, there's a certain, and I know what Brian Cashman's going to say. He's going to say that, oh, getting back, getting back Aaron Judge being healthy and getting back Nestor Cortez and getting back Jonathan Loizaga and getting back XYZ and Frankie Montas. That's just as good as going out and trading people. No, it is not. It is absolutely not. I don't know why it's not because in theory it makes sense, right? Hey, we didn't have this guy before and we were doing bad. We have him now. We're going to do better. In theory, that's smart, right? Until Montas gets injured again in his first appearance. Listen, man, Montas, I still have hope for him. But I mean, it's the, it's to the point where listen, man. There's you have we have Garrett Cole, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. Clark Schmidt has been the most. He's been the most consistent number two, and it's enough. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched last night, but Domingo Herman scratched from a start because he had soreness underneath his armpit, couldn't play catch the day before, so they scratched him from his start. They sent Marinaccio down to AAA to figure whatever he has to figure out. And then they bring up Johnny Brito. Johnny Brito makes a spot start, gives up four home runs in like four innings. And then to put salt on the wound, they put Domingo in relief and he goes five sparkling innings. They're laughing in our faces. And what do we do? We still pack the stadium every night. Every time there's a game, we pack the stadium. We buy beer. We buy chicken. We buy jerseys. We buy hats. It's pathetic. It's I, pathetic. I don't like the Marinaccio move to the minors. Well, he was getting hammered lately. Why what? not just give him a week off? Yeah, we got Kenyon Milton now. We don't need Marinaccio, Oh, right. Baby. We don't need him. I forgot. Really? Like, really? Kenyon Middleton, Ant. It's, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke of a franchise. We were getting, I mean, people were saying Soto was on the table. <laughs> Soto, Otani was on the table. That's that's the best one. And do you know that, what the that that you know, was even a thought and in do you anybody's know what, mind? Do you know what the funniest part is right now? It's the fact that the Yankees are a cash cow like they've always been. They have the money to spend, but they're not spending it. But guess what, man? This just sent the biggest message to the rest of the franchises and the rest of the players that the Yankees are unserious. So why, if you're Shohei Otani, why would you want to sign with the Yankees? No, people don't want to sign with the Yankees anymore. We talked about this on an earlier pod. They don't. People don't want to play for us anymore. What is going on? Listen. What? This is what we found this season. And listen. People don't like us anymore. <laughs> listen, man. We're going to we're gonna put in a clip from, from uh, last episode here um, about me just knowing the future and seeing how absolutely ridiculous and how absolutely predictable that this franchise is so go ahead and listen to me last week i have a sickening feeling in my stomach that the yankees are going to sweep the royals and most likely sweep or split with the mets and then cashman is going to think everything's okay and then he's going to have a middling trade deadline and we're back and i was right so (laughs) what can i tell you every time i'm telling you right now aunt Every time you make a prediction about sports, it, it comes true. Yeah. Who's winning the cup next year? <laughs> Say the Islanders. I don't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet, but. It's bad news, oh. man. It's just, I, I'm sick of it. I'm ready for football season. Let's go Bryce Young. We'll give you guys some. I'm ready for football season. We'll, and that's saying a lot. We'll give you guys some good football content, some fantasy football content. I'm just, 
Listen, man, all I'm saying is I'm going to make this prediction right now. If somehow, someway, Jake Bowers powers this team to a playoff spot, I told you so. Oh, On to Grammy's Grinders. <laughs> and with that... Oh, do yours first. I'm changing mine last minute. Oh, I like this. All right, so I told you I was going to talk one more time about camp. I make pro- I don't break my promise. Um, my good, good friend, former camper, uh, my first year, he was a counselor in training, um, but now a lifeguard at camp. His name's John Clark. He told me I could use his name. Uh, Clark uh, recommended our food segments for the day or uh, earlier, uh, late last week or over the weekend, I forget. Um one of the days. Uh, I love this guy. He was like my favorite camper ever. Uh, he's one of my favorite people there. Definitely is listening now. He's so excited that I have a podcast. Uh, and he's Grammy's Grinder because he got, I want to say, eight other lifeguards yesterday, which was Monday, uh, to separately listen to the podcast uh, after they got out of work. Uh, and they confirmed that they did with me. Um, so thanks for helping spread the love and uh, for being my favorite ex-camper, John Clark. And then I, I'm just going to cut in, guys. You, whoever's listening, man, from Chris's camp, spread this to your friends. Spread this to – let your parents listen. Play it on the car ride home. Ask your parents to listen to it. The more you guys listen, the more cool stuff we can do. So yes. it's a very, it is very circular. And the more that we can have people give input. Exactly, too. If, if you guys says, oh, you should do this, I'll probably go to Ant and, and say, let's do this. Yeah. Just like John Clark did with our food segments today. We, you know, we would have come up with, with something interesting, but like the fresh idea, boom, let's do it. That's our pod. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's all I have to say about the situation, but my Grammy's grinder. All right. Uh, it was Ron Marinaccio. No, no. My Grammy's grinder was going to be Perry Misation, uh, who is the, he said his name so well. And then we got on the air and then you did that. Well, I don't want to say Miss Asian cause I don't know if that's his <laughs> name. It was going to be him. He's the general manager of the Angels. We talked about how he showed out and he said, hey, show, hey, stay. Um, I forgot that this happened because my brain is baseball. It was trade deadline and football. My Grammy's grinder. Oh, I know what this is. My Grammy's grinder. It's the Gus bus, baby. I knew that was coming. Philip Gustafson avoiding arbitration. He is staying with the Minnesota Wild. Three years, $11.25 million. He just had a son. He's adorable. Um, but Gus, we would have been lost without you this season. We would have been lost without you next season. And in a world where my Yankees didn't do anything in a world where my Minnesota wild haven't done anything, at least I have some good news. I love, I love this pick for you. Uh, and I love that Gusty's staying with the wild and avoided arbitration arbitration and in the NHL. And this is really all we'll talk about hockey. Uh, which is okay. It's August first. It's midsummer. Remember that. Um, I, I think, I think arbitration can sour a lot of feelings between player and team yeah. when it has to get to that point. When you, well, there, there's a situation. I forget the situation, but there's a situation where a player wants eight million. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a player on the Ducks or something. Um, 
and the team only wants to pay him four and a half million, and arbitration's going to come in and say you have to pay him seven million. Well, yeah, I mean, they they did the same case in baseball, too, with Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers. So he said, I mean, he's pretty much all but came out and said, I'm not re-signing with the Brewers because I'm their ace. I almost won a Cy Young, or I did win a Cy Young, and this is what they value me at. So, no, I'm not coming back. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is arbitration, man, is it's they, (laughs) you know the offers. So you won't hear it till the the meeting, but listen, if you're a player and you think you're worth something, but that team at the end of the day says you're not, man, it's a business. And uh, they're not in the business of winning championships. I'm sorry. There's no team in the business of winning championships. It's all to make money. And at the end of the day, you're expendable. So go out, get yours. Philip Gustafson, I'm glad you got yours. And uh, He got paid. He had an excellent season. He did. He had a... If, if if he did what he did at the end of the season from the start, he would have been a Vezina finalist. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, his his season turned at the game we were at. But <laughs> After that terrible first goal he gave up. That was unbelievable. Uh, he he was a rock wall for the rest of the game. So was Ilya Sorokin. Uh, and, then, and then that was it. And then the Wild went up. The Islanders stayed middling and... And that was it. We both made the playoffs, and though. neither of us won, so <laughs> that's it. Oh, man. Very it was, good. It was a good time. It was a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod. Um, vote on the polls. Interact with us. Tell me my shirt's ugly. Tell me my voice needs to change or I need to shave. Do something. Yeah. Interact. Um, so follow us on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod. Follow us on TikTok, Sports and Spag Pod, S-P-A-G. Um Make sure you like, you follow, comment, let us know what you think. Um, yeah, man. As always, I'm Ant. That's Chris. Chris Walker. As, as I'm known at the Oof. camp. Chris I'm, Walker. I'm Ant. That's Chris Walker. Just, um, just so they know who they're talking to. And this, is, uh, this has been Sports and Spaghetti. So as always, take care of your loved ones. Uh, chant, fire Brian Cashman, slurp down a ween. And as always, stay full. <laughs>